1: show me
0: now live from the american family insurance studio at the avenue in the heart of downtown milwaukee here is dr ken harris
1: you're listening to truth in the afternoon i'm your host dr ken harris we are here with two people that um, They're going to talk about some topics that actually scare me. But the reason they scare me is because it's two topics that I could never hold a candle to, and that's computers. That is AI, cybersecurity, IT, which I really have no idea what the difference in those are. But, you know, my guest is, uh, you want to be known as Robert or Bob? Bob is fine. Bob Wall. He's an associate professor of computer science. That right there just, like, canceled me, (laughs) right? And then I looked over and I went, "Oh yeah, Ted Jordan is here." And so I've been hearing over the last what four or five years all of your, you know, he writes books and trains people to be. I, I don't know what he trains people to be because <laughs> I have no idea how to use <laughs> cybersecurity experts. Right. So between cybersecurity and AI and Chat GPT and GSD and UIX, uh, so I figured I'll just call two experts that I know and I'll have them explain it. Is that we, fair? We
2: get, we get paid by the acronym. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> <the thing. laughs> I'll, I'll be broke at, like, <laughs> let me see. It's
1: 505. I'll be broke by 508. Wow. Okay. All right. So AI, I look at AI and cybersecurity as two things in a community. I would. I would dare say we're all middle class. Mm-hmm. That right. if you have the money and – I say some semblance of education, right? You graduated from eighth grade. You can probably handle most things AI, cybersecurity, computers, stuff like that, right? But if you don't have money or you don't have access to certain things, I think it can be pretty questionable. Am I am I too far off, Bob?
3: No, it's um partly it comes down to education, mm-hmm. what kind of background people have, whether they've got the knowledge that some of this is even needed in the first place or where it comes in, where it's needed. Okay. Uh, but the tools are out there. Sometimes they're free. Sometimes they're low cost. So it is possible for people of all means to take part in this.
1: Okay. And so it's gotten significantly cheaper over, over the decades. But at, but at some point, it seems to be going a little faster. Then people can actually keep up.
3: It's tough. It really is.
1: Okay. And so that's where Ted comes in, because you you even wrote a book on cybersecurity and we'll we'll talk about that later. Like sure. wrote a book on cyber, like how do you <laughs> and, and train people to take exams. But cybersecurity is really something we have to be careful of because if we don't really understand it, things and people and apps can actually take control of your life. And you can subsequently lose money, lose face in a community by people so doing things like that. So, okay. So true. So, yeah. Then, yeah. so then help, 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 help me out. Um, first of all, Bob, what is it that you do and how did you get this career as an associate professor in, criminal, in I'm going to say criminal justice. He's talking about me <laughs> <laughs> in uh, computer science.
3: Well, it's funny because I had no great plans years ago to be a professor. Okay, And I started off in industry, and I was a database administrator. I was a department manager in an IT department for a while. I worked for about 25 years in industry. And then I had the opportunity to teach one class at night as an adjunct professor. And they liked what I did, and then the next year they had an opening, and I applied for that. and I was able to get the full-time position. So So
1: you got the bug, and that was that.
3: That's right. I enjoy it. And one of the things that was quite interesting was after I was teaching for about six months, mm-hmm. I came home, home one night, and one of my sons says to me, Dad, you seem much happier. Mm. And that was a clue that I was in the right place. Wow.
1: And so when you say computer science, what, what does that actually entail?
3: Well, that incorporates basically everything we're going to talk about today, including mm-hmm. cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, dealing with databases, dealing with programming languages, uh, basically anything to get your computer to do what you want it to do.
1: So you literally, to work in, to be a professor in computer science, you have to be a jack-of-all-trades.
3: Well, we try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But Ted is cybersecurity, period. All right? Cybersecurity,
2: you're, period. Yeah.
1: You're, you're the expert. What yeah. is that?
2: Cybersecurity is what, you know, if you've got a smartphone or a computer, it's something that you got to deal with every day. And, you know, all the way from the individual, making sure you don't click that wrong link. Clicking the wrong link in an email, a person could lose their life savings. And quit clicking the wrong link in an email for a company, it could put a company out of business. And so our job is to put systems in place and to mitigate the different kinds of attacks that are coming out there. And what I like to tell people is that we're in the practice of cybersecurity, and I'm sure you know Bob would agree that these attacks—what what the attacks they did ten years ago are totally different than what they do today. And so we have to find ways to help protect individuals and companies from these attacks. From where they—in fact, I can talk more about that when we get there. But you know, uh, right now the the biggest attacks that companies and people are seeing are ransomware, where if, they, mm. if you want your files back, you got to pay $500. I don't know if, if you've, if hopefully none of you have experienced that. No, I, I have not. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we talk about how to, wow. how to uh, defend yourselves from those kinds of um, attacks and those threat vectors.
1: So how do you make yourself safe? You, you teach students how to go into the industry. Right. To do what he does. Yes. Okay. So how, how, what's what, what type of student are you seeing coming into computer science?
3: I would have to say in the last five years or so, we've seen a great increase in the number of students that are interested in cybersecurity in the first place. Okay. They realize that it's all over the media. There's huge amount of attention for it. There's a need for it out there. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing a lot more students just pursuing that particular part of computer science. Uh. There is a need for us to use basically the same tools that hackers would use in our laboratories. So we use the same tools that they would use so we can kind of simulate the attacks that they're doing and so Hmm. we can try to mimic what a true attack would look like.
1: So you basically teach students how to break stuff so that no one else can break it.
3: In a sense, yes.
1: Okay. And and so somebody mentioned something about your... um, Moniker, Certified Ethical Hacker. Yeah. Is that to mean that there are hackers that are not, not ethical? <laughs> or, or you know, because, well, the person had a very, very, very specific argument, and it made perfect sense. When you hear the word hacker, right? it's negative.
2: Exactly right. Yep, yep. uh, Yeah, you have to say ethical hacker because generally when you hear the term hacker, it's someone... Usually offshore, but they're definitely within the United States as well. Looking to steal your money, or mm-hmm. uh, that—that's usually that's a large part of the attack. Uh, so finding some ways to steal your money, and so I took an exam. There's a certification out there offered through a group called the EC Council, and you have to take a test, and they ask you about all different kinds of attacks that you have to be familiar with, some of the tools that. Uh, that I'm sure, you know, Bob uses. Um, I apologize to the audience, but... uh, So are you teaching tools like Metasploit, InMap, some of those? Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And these... (laughs) (laughs) Right over my head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, but the point is that the unethical hackers have tools that they can get for free to... Uh, hack into banks, hack into stores like Target, Walmart, uh, hack into hospitals, and can demand ransoms into the into the millions. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to stop these guys, we've got to think like the guys, and so we've got to use the same tools they're using. So companies will will pay us fees to go in and. Hack their organization. Now, we're not going to do as much as an unethical hacker will do, but we'll hack their organization and show what could happen if we took that final step. Wow. When we come back, I want to I wanna ask about AI.
1: I'm, I'm intrigued because we keep hearing about it. But the fear I have is some of the attacks people can use for AI, which is the reason why I have both of you here today. I want to I look at that and try to figure out, first of all, is, is it expensive to use AI? And how do you protect yourself when someone attacks your AI, right? Or makes that phone call and pretends to be me, which scares me right now because I'm literally all over the radio, all over podcasts, and somebody could literally take my voice and call a family member and say, hey, and hold a whole conversation. So when we come back... Bob Wall, associate professor of computer science and Ted Jordan, too too many letters to even (laughs) (laughs) the alphabet guy. How's that? (laughs) You're now the alphabet guy. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. We'll be right back.
0: You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Cybersecurity, AI, our guest today, Bob Wall, who's an associate professor of criminal justice. Computer got science. <laughs> I got him. I, there we go. him. I had to catch him. I had to catch uh, him. computer science, it's again, it's one of those both of you all are in those things that I just can't wrap my head around. Um, Ted Jordan, who is author and certified ethical hacker. Yep, certified, yep. Exactly. And your company is Jordan Team Learning. Jordan Team Learning. So so let me let, let me go back a bit. So AI is something that we know is here, we know it's been used, but, but just recently people have started to give us uh, clues on just how it's used, right? Hey, you can use our message board, but it's really not a person. And if you type the right thing in, it gives you answers based on answers that have been put in. Right. They do it for hotels, airlines, you name it. At what point will people be replaced by AI? Or will that ever happen?
3: Well, there was a study done um, by Gallup polls, and they came up with a number that said that basically there's going to be a loss of jobs with Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence. Right. But there will also be a subsequent gain in jobs, new jobs that are out there. So they actually had a prediction, and they said it was going to be a net positive growth in jobs rather than a loss of jobs. So that was the good news. Uh, the trouble is, is that people have to be trained for those new jobs. Right. And that's the big question. How do you get that training? How do you stay on top of this?
1: And that's the gap. Right. That you don't know. So I want to, I want to go into this. I want to, I want to be a, um, a Ted Jordan. I want to go in and I want to break into stuff and ethically, of course, and get certified and all that. And I'm, and I'm a student and I come to you. How do I do that?
3: Well, we start you off with just learning the fundamentals and try to see why people do what they do, why hackers do what they do, Hmm. and the motivations behind it. That's where we start. Then we go through the tool sets and we learn the tools that they use. And then lastly, we try to look at the defenses and what you can do to prevent those attacks.
1: So everything, like everything, has to come down to the basics behind it, the psychology, the sociology, the interaction between people
3: and why they do what they do. That's true. And that's one of the more difficult questions to try to answer is why somebody would want to hack into mm-hmm. target.com, for example.
1: Wow. So you, you went and got a master's degree <clears throat> and, and I'm, I'm assuming you you have a PhD yes. in computer science. Right. See me up one class. I've never had a class. Like um, it's just outside of my, my sphere. what, what type of person wants to get a career in in computer science and all that?
2: Uh, the um, we're finding that I, and I, for example, when I do my training, I train, I train a lot of military, uh, air force, army, uh, marines, and you know, of course, the United States as a country, we're being attacked by other hackers. Uh, a lot of people may not know that. There are hackers that work for the government, and so they're hackers that work for North Korea. They're hackers that work for the Chinese government. They're hackers that work for the Russian government, and they attack the U.S. government. And we have our set of hackers that attack around the world as well. And you know what are they? You know, so people looking are are really want. Some, you'll find some folks that are there to hey look, we want to help protect our country. That's one one huge segment. You have another segment that says, hey, I just like hacking. I would like to see what can I, uh, can I become an advanced persistent threat? That's another acronym, APT, that uh, I'll let you write that one down. Okay. Can I become an advanced persistent threat like Russia did to us? Uh, For example, the Russians were able to hack into the Pentagon. Uh, The Pentagon had very, very good strong defenses and, The people that work there that have the cybersecurity degrees were able to keep them out. And so the Russians said, hey, we know that the Pentagon buys their computer equipment from this other company. That company, their security isn't as good. We'll infect them when the government buys their computer equipment. Then we'll infect the government. And it worked perfectly. Wow! And they were on the Pentagon sites and other sites, Microsoft, mm-hmm. other sites for, for two years before they got caught. Wow! So, um, and we teach, and I don't know if you, you probably teach in your classes, the supply chain attack. That's one of the th- we, you know, is that supplier, you, you, you now have to make sure that your suppliers have got some security in, in mind, you know, where where are we buying our computers? Where are we getting our microphones? Where are we getting the apps that go on our phone? Can we trust those people? But aren't those maybe
1: considered trade secrets if you in business and you you know, I don't I don't want to tell you where I'm buying my stuff because then you can literally, <laughs> literally bypass me. <laughs> there you go.
2: Right.
3: But if you look online, you can find all kinds of information about organizations. Yeah, that's true. And Unfortunately, like, let's just say that a big company buys all their computers from HP, from Hewlett-Packard. Mm-hmm. Hewlett-Packard's going to put out a press release saying, we just landed this big contract with company XYZ, and we've done all this stuff. And so that information's <laughs> out there. It just takes yep. some Google searches, and you can learn an incredible amount of information about an organization.
1: Okay, you all can go home now. <laughs> you've, you've just, you've completely and totally... so. So, so in order to do that, you would, you would then train the student and they would then go take a certification test depending on what they want to do. Right. Right. I'm afraid to ask this, but how, how, how many of the different certifications are there that, you know, like, where would I start? I want to go back to school and get a degree at, first of all, do I need a degree in computer science or is it better to get a degree? No, we don't
2: need one. Mm hmm. And we're definitely finding a lot of guys that are even 14, 15 years old that are able to hack into systems and can help defend um, stores and hospitals and so on. Uh, but there are a lot of different certifications out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I already told you about the Certified Ethical Hacker. I kind of want to hear from, from Bob what his students are looking for. I, I hear Security Plus a lot. That's offered for, by a company called CompTIA. I hear... The Certified Information Systems Security Professional, a company called ISC Squared. Um, are you hearing the same
3: or? Yeah, Security Plus and um, CEH seem to be the two big ones that we talk about a lot in class, and we've had students sit for those tests.
1: And so you really do, you know, school is is you know probably the best place to go to get the foundational information you need in order to
3: build. Right. But then what I think is the benefit of the certifications is if you're going to change jobs, go from one place to another, Mm -hmm. that shows you've got some kind of a baseline knowledge in a particular area and you've got expertise Mm. to go with it. Okay.
1: Wow. So you basically help people pass their certification. So he gives them the foundation. You help them pass. How long does that take?
2: Yeah. Uh, The courses I offer, the students can... Take the i uh, we teach them all the different domains. There, uh, one for example, one section. It's not just hacking. W- you know, one one important part is making sure you get management approval before you start hacking someone's computer. Uh, if you hack Target and say, "Hey, look, I just want to show you where your weaknesses were," and they said, "We didn't ask you to do that," you can go to jail. You mm-hmm. know, they, you got to get approval first for these types of uh, of uh, Methods, and the um, uh, you know, I went, I came in this career in a different, different angle myself. Like, like Bob, I started off in industry, working at General Motors and at computer companies for twenty years, and then I said, "Hey, let me go out on my own. I'd like to start my own company and get into." Uh, Uh, Linux was just coming out, and get into this operating system that I think is going to help folks. The company um, I ended up selling the company, but uh, when opportunities for training came about, I I took them. But yeah, my degree is in mechanical engineering, Hmm. and back then it was you know uh, they said if you they bring you they put a computer in front of you, can you figure this thing out? Oh, let me see what I can do. <laughs> That's how I got into the field. That's how a lot of us wow. got into the field back then. But yeah, I think getting the degree is important and getting the certifications, I think, make a huge difference. The, uh, um, like, like Bob said, they show that you're a specialist right. and they show that you're, uh, like, I, like I tell my students, this is the practice of cybersecurity, just like doctors practice, just like lawyers practice law we're practicing cybersecurity because the hackers are always finding another way wow. to get in.
1: When we come back, I want to I want to dive into who the person is. Like like what's what's the most common what are the most common attributes that students who want to become, you know, computer science professionals, I guess, what they look like. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. My guest is Bob Wall. Associate Professor in Computer Science at Concordia University of Wisconsin. And Ted Jordan, your title is? Certified Ethical Hacker. Certified Ethical Hacker at Jordan Learning. We'll be right back. Traffic, sports, and weather up next.
0: More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, at 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, the truth app at 1017thetruth.com.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. If y'all could hear the conversation in here, (laughs) yeah, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> i'm doomed i'm never gonna be a computer hacker i'm never gonna be a pro i might be a programmer but a hacker absolutely not so chat gpt ai cyber security like why are all these things in the news
3: today well part of it is i think it becomes almost a media darling at that one particular point in time right a few years ago we were talking about shark attacks on every beach in the (laughs) south now you don't hear anything about shark attacks it's just it's the current buzz okay and so there's part of that that's why it comes up but it is it's remarkable the growth since november of last year to current it's just incredible the fastest growing app ever is chat gpt really of any app it took less than a month to get a million 100 million users and with TikTok. It took nine months to get 100 million users. Mm. So ChatGPT is just huge. It's just exponentially growing. Now, you mentioned ChatGPT, but then
1: you mentioned another
2: yeah. um,
1: there's, app um, that people are using.
2: Yeah, the uh, there's ChatGPT, which I, you know, if you go, I, I don't know if people are familiar with the website. Uh, they would go to chat. And I want to mention that because since they're so popular and you put in ChatGPT, it's going to send you to a lot of websites that are frankly set up by the bad guys. So you want to make sure you, number one, go to the right site, uh, chat.openai.com. And then once you're at the site, you could ask it. um, and And I showed this to a teacher friend of mine. She had to put together a presentation, and she was in her head trying to figure out what should I do next. What I needed my whole afternoon. I said, I'll tell you what. Her name was Kim. I said, tell you what, Kim. Uh, let, let me bring up ChatGPT for you. And what's your presentation on? Um, it's on uh, I – want I've got to do something for eight kids and building a – let me put this in. Put together a presentation for eight kids that are, are building a rocket. I can't remember what it was. Boom, there it was. She was like, You've saved my life. You've just <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> my whole afternoon is free now. <laughs> wow. So uh but then I learned I thought chat GTP, chat GPT was great, but then you go to um Google's got a version called Bard, B-A-R-D, and you go to Bard.google.com. Mm-hmm. And the main difference is that Google uses more current data. Chat GPT is uh, uses uh, data. It could be up to two years old. So, um, and then there's another one. I don't know if, Bob, have you tried the one from Microsoft yet on um, Bing? They've got their uh, GP, their ai tool there on bing have you played with that one at all
3: just a little bit i spent a couple of hours experimenting (laughs) with it
2: okay look at that yeah a couple of minutes a couple hours and wow uh i've had uh i've spoken with someone that that, you know you may have heard stories about how students are using it to write papers and it does a nice job of doing that but even teachers have found it's beneficial to them i think about when i was a kid and the big battle was do you use a TI uh, computer? The, uh, right, the TI, TI 84. Right, the TI uh, calculator or yeah. the HP calculator.
0: <laughs>
2: wow. It's kind of interesting how, and now they've got these, that new goggle set that Apple announced yesterday for $3,500. You know, the world's moving pretty quickly. Wow. I don't, I don't, I don't see
1: where all of this plays into some of the attacks that we've seen in recent years. What, what are some, some attacks that you would teach students who are going into computer science that they need to understand when, when we, when we talk about um, law enforcement and the justice system, we talk about those huge legal cases that have changed the world. And so there aren't a lot of legal cases that have changed computer science, but there are a lot of attacks that have made people do things different. What, what would what would you say, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go to you, Ted, what would be the biggest attack you would teach your students to help them learn what computer science is all about?
3: Well, Ted mentioned before ransomware, and mm-hmm. that is one of the big current ones that's out there. It's uh, receiving an awful lot of attention. It's extremely damaging. What they do is they take your data and they encrypt it and scramble it, basically, so it's not readable. And then they hold it from you, and they ask for a few hundred thousand dollars or a few million dollars to get your data back.
1: Depending on who you are.
3: Right, the size of the organization. Wow. If it's an individual, it might be $500, but it's still going to be an impact. And so we talk about ransomware attacks a lot. The other one that's really big, and it's still problematic, is phishing. And it's spelled Mm -hmm. P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. And that's where you get somebody to go to an email and redirect them to a different site. So it looks like you get an email from Amazon, for example, talking about your order, right? And you click on the link, and it takes you someplace else to a bad site.
1: Okay. So don't use my computer. Don't use AI. (laughs) Don't go on the web. Don't use Google. Don't use Chat GPT. Don't. So what? What what about you? What, What would be one of the biggest attacks you would you would tell a student? To look at today.
2: Uh, to watch. Definitely. the so, what what You know, when, when I was a kid, we used to just call them con games, confidence scams. But now we get to have a special name for it called um, uh, social engineering. Nah. And uh, apparently someone's gotten there, <laughs> got a degree for that. And um, similar to how I can get into many buildings, uh, you'll see people get into apartment buildings and uh, they just wait for someone to walk out. And then you follow that, you go, go in the door. Mm-hmm. And apparently someone got their PhD. They actually came up with a name for this. They call it piggybacking. And, um, and then, or they call it tailgating. And it's interesting that there is a difference for following someone into a building. Mm-hmm. The, uh, but social engineering, you'll see that many, uh, as an ethical hacker, this is what I find all the time. Uh, I had a um, uh, father, his daughter, uh, his 14, I think she was 16, 16 year old daughter ran away with a 33 year old man. And he's trying to figure out where she is. And uh, so I got permission from him to uh, go ahead and figure out her password. And, you know, this gets about, this gets to the point where, you know this is this is what what's important for us as well uh after a couple of guesses i figured out her password her password was love mm-hmm. and they yeah uh and we were able to find out where she was we were able to bring the family back together but it tells us also that we have to keep really strong passwords um use the longer the password the better and don't use a dictionary word they, you know Oh, it's really people really get annoyed when they when they see those passwords and they tell you well it's got to have an uppercase it's got to have a lowercase it's got a number, and it's it's annoying but it's a reason for that. My oh. a friend of mine got their Netflix account broken into because their password was only six characters and it was a word, and uh, so you gotta uh, these are uh, account loss can be really bad because I met a young man when I was in Virginia that lost his Google Gmail account because someone figured out his password and he could not get back in. The, guy, the hacker changed the password on him and he lost uh, all his contacts.
3: Wow. Is that something you teach yes, in computer do. science? We, we talk about that because passwords are problematic. They, um, people write them down. They reuse the same password for multiple sites. Yep. They use simple passwords. Right. Um, every year they release a list of the top 200 worst passwords. <laughs> Are you and, kidding? No, I consistently password wow. itself is the number one password that people use just okay. the word password. So don't use that. So hmm. hopefully some of your listeners right now might be changing their passwords, but. hopefully <laughs>
1: I would hope so. When we come back, I want to, I want to talk, uh, Ted about your book that you have, right? I want to talk about how you get those certifications. And Bob, I want to talk to you about if I want to go to school for, Computer science, how do I do that? How do I I decide what I want to do? You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. My guest is Ted Jordan of Jordan Learning and Bob Wall, Associate Professor of Computer Science at Concordia University, Wisconsin.
0: You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. In our final segment, I almost forgot my words. So I want to I wanna, I wanna go into computer science. At a university, what what is it that I would need to prepare myself to
3: do that? The basic things we look at are how well you've done in high school, mm-hmm. and we look for a strong math background.
1: See, I'm done.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: now, now, what do you mean when you say strong math background?
3: Just good grades that you've taken some classes, maybe up through calculus. Mm-hmm. Not required, but it does help for us us to see that you're a good student you've got potential. Right. And then we look for a lot of personality traits. Um, people that love to solve problems that like the chase. Uh, ah, those are the kind okay. of people we look for. Um, the ones that get satisfaction out of figuring out a problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: If, if that's the kind of person they are, they're likely to do
1: well. So do you have to be analytical or is that something you can teach me?
3: Wow. I think, uh, <laughs> I think you can enhance what people have. I think you can, if they've got some analytical abilities, you can make it better, stronger. But But I don't think you can just teach that straight out.
1: Hmm. Because I hear a lot, you have to teach people to be analytical. But then when I see people who are in things like math, um, computer science, things Mm -hmm. of that nature, there's there's a personality and a set of skills that seem to be innate that they just do. Right. I would right. agree. Okay. All right. And so you actually certify people. And so you wrote a book, a CompTIA Linux Plus Certification.
2: have no idea what that is. And this is <laughs> a operating system that I learned about in college years okay. ago. And uh, I passed the exam back in the year 2000 in... McGraw Hill, I know, reached out to me and said, <laughs> hey, we also want you to, now that you know how to pass this exam, can you teach others how to pass it? And uh, I've been able to help over a 1,000 students get their certifications in Linux and in cybersecurity Outstanding because of the books I've written. Yep.
1: And I understand you have a um, thing that you want to do today with your book?
2: Yeah, and so I'd love to give it as a prize to someone uh, one of your listeners, and, we, can and, just, and, and I'd love to figure out how we can do that.
1: They can just call up, and if you're the first caller, you can get the book entitled All-in-One is All-You-Need, All-in-One CompTIA Linux Plus Certification. It's an exam guide, second edition, to take exam xk is it zero or O? Oh? Zero zero I don't five.
2: Know. I do And and I'll even <laughs> autograph the book for them. Hey, will autograph the book. I did want to mention just one thing I did differently, okay. than, and then I've done in other books. And and I'm going to try to keep this short. Uh, I had a hard time at the beginning of every chapter. I put in a quote by someone, and I had a hard time. I realized that in the African American community, it can be hard finding other role models in these fields. Mm -hmm. There have been African-Americans involved in computer gaming. I got quotes from them. I've got the first quote is from Nichelle Nichols, Lieutenant Yehur of Star Trek.
1: The possibilities of
2: returning from our mission in One Piece may have just doubled. Um, But every chapter starts with a quote by an African-American scientist or engineer. It was really hard to find those quotes because it's great. You can find quotes about them talking about social justice, but to find them talking about technology is really difficult. Wow. And I think that's a
1: great thing. And so we've got some callers calling in and we'll get the name and mailing address and email, phone number, that kind of stuff. And then we'll. we'll or they can pick it up at the station. Or they, all right. Sounds good. I want to be a student. How do I call Concordia and say, hey, I want to be in computer science or just call and ask to speak to Bob Wall?
3: No, you would <laughs> call Concordia. You can go to the website mm-hmm. and just uh, apply right there. It takes a little bit of time. There's an application fee. It's pretty nominal, mm-hmm. and uh, then what they do is they get your high school transcripts and they'll review those, and they'll give you a tour of the campus if you're interested.
1: Okay, and so do I. Do I go straight into computer science or do I have to take a few classes and then get admitted into?
3: Well, Concordia is a liberal arts school, so we have we talk about the breadth of knowledge. So you do Mm -hmm. take a number of other classes. So your first year in the program, you only take three computer science classes. And so you've got plenty of time to take other classes like economics, political science. Okay. Whatever you like. All right. Sounds good. So either
2: way
1: with both of you in about five years, Nothing we talked about will probably be the same, correct? Exactly. <laughs> Nothing will be the same.
2: Nothing will be the same.
1: <laughs> and, so, and so how do you keep up? How, how, do you, how do you keep up with everything that changes in computer science? If, because you have, to, you have to cover the whole broad thing.
3: Right. That's really the challenge. And um, we were talking about what's one of the most difficult things you've seen in the last few years of your career. And that's really what it has been is just trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, ch- the changes are coming rapidly. They're coming more quickly. The volume of changes is, is faster and higher. I think there's been more in the last five years than the last previous 20 years, probably. Uh, so it's very difficult to keep up, mm-hmm. keep current. Okay. Um, and so we end up specializing. So uh, between my four other associates and myself, we all have specialties within the department mm-hmm. that we specialize in and, and nice. teach. Certain subjects.
2: All right, and so you specialize in cybersecurity. And some of the tools I use, I'll go to podcasts. There's a podcast called the Darknet Diaries that I enjoy listening to, um, and there's several out there. Mm. <clears throat> the Daily uh, Hacker Storm. Uh, there's CyberNews.com, BleepingComputer.com. com, uh, Then uh, different shows on youtube that i'll watch as well on cyber security all right thank you much ted
1: jordan from jordan learning and bob wall from concordia university thank you so much i'm still as confused as ever but i'm sure somebody there because brian just won your book so i want to say congratulations congratulations. to him (laughs) you're listening to truth in the afternoon tori Lowe show is coming up next i'll see you in about 22 hours god bless take care and i will see you then i'm out